Welcome to the Life of a Gentleman podcast, the number one podcast that motivates you to be your best with conversations about business, fashion, and living the gentleman's lifestyle. We interview the hottest influencers, content creators, and business owners so you get the inside story. We'll also discuss entrepreneurship and inspire you to chase after your dreams. Whether you're looking to advance your career, increase your style, or just discover the best new products, you're in the right place. And ladies, we know you're listening. This show isn't just for the fellas. It's about living your best life. And now, here's your host, award-winning author, entrepreneur, and modern-day gentleman, Richard Taylor. Hey, Rich, let's start the show. Thank you for that introduction. And guys, welcome back to another podcast And this week, once again, I'm joined by Dennis. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, then you know we like to take this show on the road. And this year, matter of fact, in just a week or so, we will be taking this show to a special location. Dennis, welcome in. Let them know where we're headed. How you doing, guys? Uh, Guess what? We're going to be taking another round trip to Vegas. One of my favorite destinations of last year. Right around the same time, actually, February. So there's a lot going on that month. Um, so we're excited, you know. Well, first, let's thank Harrison Blake Apparel for making that come through. So we're going to be doing a lot of shows, and we're going to be working with a lot of brands around the area, Rich. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, exactly. It's a great location. And as you said, this time around, we're going to feature and highlight the businesses that we are attending, where we're staying. We'll be staying at the beautiful, beautiful second largest hotel in the whole world, the Venetian Resort right on the Las Vegas Strip. So right out the gate, you're going to get a chance to see one of the most beautiful five-star resorts that Vegas has to offer, really the world has to offer. And we're going to go behind the scenes with some of the people that own and operate the businesses that are on the property and off. And also, as Dennis said, thanks to Harrison Blake Apparel, we will be attending Magic Fashion Week and connecting with hundreds and hundreds of exciting brands that you guys want to know about. Yeah, I'm excited because I think last year, Rich, we recorded inside the suite that you had, uh, but this year's going to be a little different. We're going to go, we're going to get out, out and about and see, you know, what's going on and because and, we have amazing shops there, man. Just inside the resort itself. You know, we haven't even got to the where we're going outside, so I can't wait for that, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. And if anybody hasn't attended Magic Fashion, it is a collective where basically buyers come and representatives come from large retailers and small retailers and boutiques from around the world. And brands have the opportunity to showcase what they have to offer and uh, get people interested in bringing their products into stores. And so... We're talking about brands like Stetson, I mean, household names, Levi, Polo, and then also small boutique brands that maybe you've never heard about, but maybe you follow on Instagram. So what we're going to do is highlight those and let you get a chance to see them through video. So we'll have some video coverage and then also talk to the owners and representatives of those brands and give them a chance to highlight what they have to offer for our audience on the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's 
we're gonna really, really highlight the show this year. Um, because what we saw last year, it was the first time together, so we weren't able to, you know, now we're different. We're, we're Steven now, we know where to go, what to do, and uh, we have a lot of, a lot of shops that wanted to work with us, so Reddy reached out. Um, thank you for the messages, by the way, uh, to see if we could come down, so we had to make that trip, which, uh, not only for the fact that we love being there, but... Exactly. And and here's something I want to mention, because if you listen to the show for a while, you might be saying, how do they get in touch with these brands? How do certain people get to be on the show? And I'm not, you know, here's the thing. Reach out because we have advertising packages for the podcast that are super, super affordable. Even if you just want to run a commercial or a highlight reel about your business. And you don't just have to have a fashion-centered business. It, it could be that you're an author. It could be that you have a, a coaching program. Or you have something that just everybody can use. Get in touch with us. Advertising packages start at $25 and go up. And if you want to be a guest, we can make that happen as well. And the beautiful thing about it is you get advertising not just on the podcast, but also on social media. Dennis, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, so, you know, here's the thing, man. A lot of people always ask me this, is how easy it is to promote on on the podcast compared to plugging it in, let's say, YouTube or through pictures, which will be social media, Instagram. And I always say, man, podcast is the easiest way to promote and get the word out. Not only because podcasts, as you can see, everybody's trying to do it right now. I guess. I mean, we started this, what, four, three, four years ago, before it even took off. Now it's all over the place, you know? So for me, Rich, it's the easiest avenue to promote your brand. That's what I think. Uh, through YouTube, you have to go through different concepts here. It's just, you know, you just talk about get to the point of talking about the brand and what it brings to the table. Yeah, it's a great way to get exposure. And like I said, starting at $25, I mean, I don't care how small of a business owner you are, anybody can afford to do this. So reach out to us. Don't be afraid. We'd love to promote. We love small business. And the other thing is podcasts live forever. These audios are are cataloged in iTunes and on Spotify and people search for keywords all the time. And I'm surprised when I look at the stats of the show, how many old episodes get downloaded each week. I'm talking about things from a few years ago. People will download an episode and and they'll be listening to them. So this kind of lives forever. It's a good way to keep your name out there. And also for um, your SEO purposes, your small business owners know what that is. People will search or Google you. And then when that interview pops up, that's just more credibility for you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so, back on the podcast, it's been such an amazing experience as far as like getting out there to brands. Brands want to put it this way: every time I work with a brand, I work with a lot of prestige brands. First thing they say, "Hey, can we get on the show?" Before they even tal
Yeah, exactly. So if you have a story out there, you're listening, you have a business and you want to get more eyeballs and more people to your website or to your social media, get in touch because we're going to be doing this in Vegas with a lot of brands and we can do it with you as well. Again, advertising rates start at $25 and you get promotion on Dennis's page on Instagram, around 30,000 followers, the podcast page on Instagram, around 30,000 followers, and on our sponsors page, Harrison Blake Apparel, which has around uh, 95,000 followers on Instagram. So that's three pages plus the podcast, plus a lot of times, like Dennis said, People send us products and we're not afraid to style them and turn it into a promo through social media as well. And also the swipe up function on Instagram that brings them right to your business. It doesn't get any better than that. And podcast advertising, something that I do as a business owner, I'll be doing more of in 2020 advertising on other podcasts. So you guys need to jump on the wave. This is the way of business. This is where we're headed. Yeah, absolutely, and it doesn't take much to get it started either, man. You just need a, a vision, uh, a great platform that's legit, that's not, you know, streaky. It's something that's consistent. That's the key, Rich. Great point, great point. Now, to close out, what are you looking forward there's to most? Streaking, there's a lot of streaking brands out there, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. People pop up, and they're like uh, little prairie dogs. They pop up for a minute, and they... They go underground. You don't see them for three months. And they pop back up. Um, no, we're not doing that here. But I want to get I want to get this uh, last question out the way. And this is just a fun question. What is the one thing you're looking forward to doing in Vegas this year? And then I'll share mine. And guys, don't forget, if you want to connect with us, we are having a meetup. And we're also doing uh, consultations for custom suits while we're out there. February 5th through the 8th, 2020 at the Venetian in Las Vegas. So, uh, Dennis, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, the shops, number one, and also, man, just getting around the area, man. Last time, we took a long walk, and then we saw a lot of stuff, man. We saw a lot of different uh, resorts, so we're going to be hopping from resort to resort pretty much, man. So, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, get ready for that, man. Yeah, I'm thinking myself, I want to catch uh, Cirque du Soleil this time. So I'm looking forward to uh, booking one of those shows, uh, maybe before dinner, uh, one of the nights we're out there. So we'll see. But anyway, guys, it's a great time. If you can join us, get in touch. If you can join us via phone on the podcast or you just want us to promote the business for you, don't forget to reach out. Dennis and I will be more than happy to do that. Dennis, I'll let you have the last word. Guys, take care. All right, guys. So keep in mind, stay tuned if you need you know, if you need to reach out to us, you know what to do. Just DM my page, Dennis underscore Styles, or the Harrison Blake Apparel page, or Life of a Gent. So you have different avenues to reach out to us. And we're going to be working a lot, man. So you're only going to have us for about four days in Vegas. So let's make it happen. Sounds good. And now it's time for this week's segment of The Gentleman's News. Exclusive interviews with exceptional people discussing all things gentlemen. From business to fashion to lifestyle, industry leaders, authors, and more. This is The Gentleman's News. Guys, welcome to the interview segment of the Life of a Gentleman podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest for you. 
Uh, it's really a treat to have this gentleman on. He is a former NFL player. He is now a national and international speaker, very highly sought after, also an executive coach and best-selling author. You're probably wondering, who is this? Without any delay, welcome to the show, Mr. Marcus Ogden. How's it going, Marcus? How you doing, Rich? Thanks for having me on, my friend. How's it going today? It's going great. I'm glad we could connect. It's a great opportunity because your story is so inspirational. It's going to change so many lives and hopefully changes the lives of some of our listeners because all of us experience ups and downs and you've done that to the highest degree. So I'd love for you to just kind of give us a brief overview and then we'll dive into the meat of it. Yeah, sounds good. So my name is Marcus Ogden. I'm a former NFL athlete, play almost six years in the National Football League. Uh, my brother's Jonathan Ogden, the Hall of Fame left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and really, my story is I'm a guy who, you know, went to Howard University, got drafted to the National Football League by the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and Jack Del Rio. What an amazing opportunity. Great man, great organization. I played okay, almost six years, learned a lot of great information. After my career, I struggled with transition and how to actually go from being an athlete to an ex-athlete, like a lot of players uh, do. After about six months of feeling sorry for myself, Rich, I founded, I created a construction company called Caden Premier Enterprises. I became the largest African-American subcontractor in the city of Baltimore, in the state of Maryland, the area of site work for two years in a row. I actually won the African-American subcontract of, of the year for the state uh, in 2010. But unfortunately, Richard, my, my company grew, so did my ego, so did my bravado, and that eventually became the culture that seeped into my employees, and a lot of my best people left, and in 2012, I hit a snag on a project, and I spent almost two to three million dollars in about a 90-day period to get my job site issue under control. It was I had to dewater the site so it would dry to put the concrete down. And after completing that work, I went to get paid by the developer and the contractor, and my change order got denied. And I was left with no money in the bank, and my bank line was shut off. Everything for as far as my work uh, came to a halt. And in the beginning of 2013, around the February time, I had to prepare to file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Wow. Yeah. Now, that that's an amazing ride. Just... <laughs> just in itself. And and guys, if you're listening, there's more to the story. So stay tuned and you won't believe how this ends up. But before we get to that, let me ask you a question because you said something that just kind of stuck out to me as I jotted down some notes listening. You said your ego and bravado got in the way. I want you to speak to that for just a moment because a lot of people really wouldn't be able to admit that that's what happened. Because a lot of us sometimes in business, we have success and we get comfortable or we relax or something happens. What was it for you where you were able to actually look in the mirror and say, you know what? This was on me. I can't blame anybody else. That's an excellent question, Rich. So when I got down to Raleigh in 2013, I did not have that uh, disposition. I blamed my old partner. 
the contractor, the developer, my employees. I blame everybody but the man, the mirror, as the, as the Michael Jackson song uh, says. And yep. in 2013, I was working at Merrill Lynch. Uh, the NFL helped me get that op- that opportunity for employment. I got fired about two months after because I was not doing well on my practice test. I got a job the next day to a uh, construction company. Got a company truck, phone, laptop. My first week's pay a thousand dollars. You know, I was like, yes, I'm back. I'm back on my feet. Somebody finally sees it wasn't my fault. Fired five days later. Fired two times in a week from that. You know, from from two different jobs. And I was coaching kids in football, and the only job I could get. Because a lot of the jobs took time and all that and had that. We were running out of money. I took a job as a custodian making $8.25 an hour on the graveyard shift. And uh, in 2013, I worked from 10 p.m. to about 4.35 a.m. Uh, every day from September 2013 until about March of 2014. And my pivotal moment came, Rich, when somebody's trash got on my bare skin at about four in the morning, four thirty in the morning, I was I was wrapping up my shift and I went out to the curb after that. I put my head in my hands and I started to cry and I said, Wow, being a custodian I was fine with. It was a job. I was fine with that. But what I wasn't fine with is how can I have someone's trash their meat, rotten meat, banana peels on my skin, on my body, that I am now in this position. And that was the moment where I said, Marcus, everything going on in your life is nobody's fault but your own. You didn't have to sign that contract with the client. You didn't have to do all the extra work without, you know, some type of protection. You didn't have to, you know, get in over your head and act like an egocentric maniac as you were making millions of dollars. You're the one that did this to yourself. So you have two choices, my friend. Either A, look yourself in the mirror, say, Marcus, it's time to man up, own up, and fix your stuff. Or you can keep playing the victim role and nobody's gonna care. Nobody's going to care about what you're doing, who you are, and most importantly, you're not going to be able to help teach anybody else what you did wrong, because how are you going to teach people if you're always in a negative state of mind and you can't control your mental focus to believe you deserve to have a better life than where you are right now? So that was my pivotal moment, Rich, where so much trash got on my bare skin. Yeah, that's that was a wake up call, I guess. And and, and I appreciate you, you know, really sharing your story because uh this this is something that sometimes, you know, pe- people don't really think about. Um another aspect of this story I, I want to touch on is you alluded to at the beginning, you you know, your brother being a Hall of Famer for the NFL. And you know, I have a brother myself and, and we're we're really close and we're not competitive in any way, really. But it, it's still sometimes in business, you look at it like this, right? Somebody that, that you know or you're friends with is super successful or uber successful, then you start to judge yourself compared to them. Or sometimes it's even just people you see on social media that we feel are super successful. So was that a challenge at all? You know, having a brother that that had achieved that level of success in athletics? 
No, excellent question, because in my, in my second book that's coming out shortly called The Success Cycle, it actually will be uh, released January 28th of next year. Yes. It's, kind of, it's available for pre-order now. I talk about three things that you need to get ahead in life. Ambition, drive, and hard work. And in the hard work section of our book, I say focus on yourself and not the competition of other people around you. Perfect. I never looked at my brother's success as something that I had to measure up to. I love my brother. I'm proud of his success. He made a lot of money playing football, an amazing career, and he deserves everything he had and he's worked for. But again, my brother, like every human being in the world, has problems too. I mean, I don't know what they are because I don't want to get into all that. I don't want to get into his personal business because I don't know what they are. But he's got problems too. So I don't want to be have his success and have what he has because when you act like that and you're envious, you don't understand everybody's got problems. Like, I don't care how successful you are, how rich you are, money does not solve your every single problem that you have in life. So I never wanted my brother's success or I compared to him. I just wanted to have success in my own life, take care of my own family, be a good husband, be a good father, and a provider and create a legacy that my father and my past relatives, even my current relatives that are still alive, could be proud of. So I never looked at my brother's success as something I had to measure up to because that's not how you should be living your life. I like that. And that's that's a great reminder for all of us that are entrepreneurs, you know, focus on yourself and what you're doing. And that's exactly what you did. You know, after you said the the situation where somebody else's trash got on your skin, that's when you started to uh, go down this path of becoming a speaker and becoming an author. Take us take us down that path. And what happened from the time where you were sitting on the curb and then when you started to go in a different direction? So what I did was I came home and I literally sat down and I started writing out my goals and I said, I want to be a speaker. I want to help people achieve success by learning from my failures. And 42% of people that write their goals down, Rich, are much more likely to achieve them. So I wrote them down. And I just got to work. I started telling people in my inner circle what I wanted to do. I started going to different meetup groups, networking events, you know, all that stuff. But what I tell people all the time that people can't believe a lot of times is for two and a half years, Rich, I didn't get one paid job. Not one. Not one. And what I had to do is I was laying the groundwork to get opportunity, but I had to show people that I was vested in getting this business to a higher level. When you want to be a speaker, especially, you have to go through that period of people telling you no because they don't know who you are. They don't know your message. They don't know what value you're going to bring. So when you're just starting out as a speaker, a lot of times you're going to get told no. So what I was doing was laying the groundwork, trying to build out my inner circle, and I was trying to inspire whoever I could when I got free speeches that I was able to get on stage, tell my message, and eventually I learned how to craft a message into a good story, into a challenge to the audience, into good action steps that they would lead that challenge. Then I would have one final challenge that I leave every audience with, 
And that's how I developed my ability to start speaking on more stages. Man, that's awesome because here's the thing. A lot of people, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Uh, these days. And what I see is they give up so quick. The fact that you went two and a half years with not one paid job, that showed, number one, you're serious about this and you were perfecting your craft. Guys, that's a takeaway. Correct. That's a takeaway. And so your book now, let's just kind of go into this, the success cycle. How did you come up with this idea and exactly what is going to be in it that will help budding entrepreneurs and those that may be stuck in a rut right now? So my first book, Sleepless Nights, was my autobiography. Okay. I talked about my journey, what I did through, who I am, uh, to, uh, know who I was at the time it was completed. This book really is for anyone who wants to achieve success at any level. If you already have a success, go to a higher level. If you're at a higher level, go to a legacy level. If you're an entrepreneur that's struggling or just starting out, go about that. If you're someone who can't really get their goals processed in a systematic fashion, this book is for you. If you're someone who doesn't know how to be inspired or how to create inspiration in others, this book's for you. This book talks about every time in my life where I've had success in something. Football, construction, and speaking. All three of these things, which all three of these characteristics were present. Ambition, I would always write my goals down. I would always be someone that had a great vision. I would always be someone that was forward thinking. Drive, I always was inspired to do something for the long haul not just motivated for the short-term gain. Because in life, if you want short-term gain, play the lottery. If you wanted the chance to actually build a future and wealth and legacy, you're going to have to do it for the long haul and create systems and processes for that. And in the third, hard work, I focus on myself and not outside competition, and that got me to achieve success. Again, as a professional athlete, as a, a young African-American male who became a multi-million dollar, eight-figure-per-year business owner before he turned first, and then now a guy who six years ago, right, which was making $8.25 an hour, to now a guy who's spoken for 13 Fortune 500 companies, Eight of them are Fortune 100, right? Like Axe Advisors, the Home Depot Company, J.P. Morgan Chase, New York Life, MetLife, Seam, and Cisco, right? These organizations. Now, I executive coach people. I have online products and services. I've written two books. Everything I've done up to this point had ambition, drive, hard work. So this book is a roadmap for you. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter what age you are, what color you are, what is your gender, what is your sexual orientation, it doesn't matter where you're from, if you're if you came into if you're born from wealth, if you're if you're poor, it doesn't matter. This book has no prejudice. It's about helping anyone who wants to put in the success cycle to their the success cycle to their own life. They want to be ambitious 
if they're driven and if they're really, really ready to work hard and hit the repeat button, you can have success. And each under each one rich under ambition, we have things you can do to help you with identifying your goals. Under drive, we have things to help you stay driven and focus on that journey. And under hard work, we have things you can do and things to focus on so you don't get caught up in the grit, the plan, the social media, about comparisons, all that stuff to help you achieve your dream. This book is a roadmap for anyone that wants to achieve success, whatever that success might be to them in their life. That is perfect. I tell you what, Marcus, I don't know about everybody else, but just listening to you, brother, I am fired up and ready. This is the way we wanted to kick off 2020 with an interview like this. And when this interview is out and available on all platforms, this book will be available. So please pick up a copy of The Success Cycle by Marcus Ogden because as you just heard it, he is not just telling you things that he is theorizing about. He is telling you what he knows. Marcus, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more, if they want to have the executive coaching and maybe bring you in to their business organization or just have you touch their life in a more deeper way you can go to my website www.marcus m-a-r-q-u-e-s ogden o-g-d-e-n.com uh, you can uh, send an email marcus underscore ogden at yahoo.com and I'm on Facebook uh, Marcus Ogden LinkedIn Marcus Ogden Instagram at Marcus Ogden Twitter at Marcus underscore Ogden and you can shoot us an email go to our website and connect with us and we'd love to speak with you about any executive coaching consulting uh, all that kind of stuff I've got a, a couple big jobs coming up one job I'm doing beginning of January I'm the first speaker of color that this group has ever brought in and they were formed in 1976. Then in another job in January, I'm the first speaker that they've ever brought in from the outside, period. Period. Of any color. And that that company was formed in 1942. Man, keep breaking down these barriers, bro. I mean, you're out here just absolutely just crushing it and uh, definitely I will be in touch with you as well because this is the kind of inspiration that we all need and and it's not just fluff it's not just hype it's actual actionable steps that we can take to make sure that we're moving in the right direction that's what I love about your message and I appreciate sincerely your time joining us And I will not be a stranger and please keep in touch and everybody get this book, The Success Cycle, and give this man a follow. Marcus Ogden, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I appreciate it, Richard. One thing I'm the last thing I'm going to tell your guests, and you just said it, this book has actionable, real-life steps, real-life plan strategic and tactical to get you from A to Z and beyond. Not A to B, A to C, <laughs> A to Z. I caught beyond. that. I caught that. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. Copy and go from there. All right, Marcus, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a good one, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rich. Hey, guys, we are about to get into that interview that Dennis and I just talked about. But before we do, had to have you be made aware of a business that we love. It's called The Bow Style. If you know me, then you know I love all things fashion and bow ties are one of my favorite accessories and one way you can stand out from the crowd. What I want you to do is follow on Instagram at The Bow Style. He has handmade bow ties, pocket squares with premium fabrics. And also these bow ties can be used for every occasion. So if you want to dress one up or dress one down just for a casual look, you can do that. He has one of the largest collections around and anybody that uses the code the bow style 15 the bow style 15 you get 15% off from their website again at the bow style on instagram and the website thebowstyle.com if you love bow ties then you have to check out this site amazing customer service amazing selection and handmade quality thank you bow style for sponsoring this segment And guys, check them out. Let's get into that interview. Now, it's time for the Entrepreneur Spotlight. Real professionals, real business owners, and entrepreneurs drop in and drop jewels on us. Looking to learn from others that have done it? Ready to get your business really rolling? Sit back and buckle up. Our experts are ready to inspire. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to my favorite part of the podcast. And that's because we connect with somebody who's doing amazing things in the world of fashion. And today, our special guest is absolutely doing amazing things in the world of bespoke tailoring. I have the pleasure to welcome to the show Yasul Tiefenbrun, who is on Instagram as Rabbi Taylor. How's it going today? Very well, thank God. Thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here. We're glad we were able to connect with you because the mission of this show is to really expose our audience to people who are really blazing a path of greatness in men's fashion. And you're certainly doing that. And the thing that caught my eye is you've really started at what I consider to be somewhat of a young age, but have really set out to make a name for yourself as of recently, I saw you were featured in, I believe it was the New York Times. So, I mean, if you want to just get started, just let us know a little bit about your background and then we'll dive into your business moving forward. Sure, sure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for that. Um, so I started I started off, um, say, around nine my nine, well, around 10 years ago is when I really um, started towards towards the goal of, of eventually having my own brand of some sort. I didn't know back then what it would be. I actually had dreams of being a, a, a woman's, uh, you know, evening gowns kind of designer. I would follow Alexander McQueen and um, Valentino and a lot of the the, the runways and and um, I was I happened I was in Singapore I actually had uh, became a rabbi in Singapore um, 2008 
and um, over 2008-2009. And um, at the same time, I, I, I always had this, you know, this dream of, of doing design as well. But I, I was um, becoming a rabbi and working for a Jewish community in Sing out in Singapore. And um, it was at that time that I tried to, you know, I started trying to pursue my dreams, and I. But also finding it challenging as, as a newly ordained rabbi, how to go about it. And uh, I took some interior design um, courses, just thinking that fashion would be able to flow well with being a rabbi. And uh, I was I was bringing fashion into interior design, and that's when I realized that I gotta just I gotta I gotta go for it. And I took some internships. I took an internship at Harper's Bazaar magazine fashion magazine and then um i spent some time in singapore and i moved back to london and i went knocking on all the doors of savoreau um, asking for if they took apprentices and you know i got many no's and you know kept them going and i got like oh well, it was like 20 no's or something like that um but i found out about different schools there was one academy there was a there was a school that some of the tailors were associated with which they were to take apprentices from the graduates of, of that school and then there was um andrew rambert which is a master tailor and professor at um, um at morris sedwell and um, he had his own academy as well but that was for me that back then it was it was a lot of money so i I went with the other one, and then, to cut the long story short, I, I realized after six months that that wasn't going to do it for me, so I reapplied to, to the, the academy, um, to Andrew Rambrook's academy, I got accepted, and after a short amount of time, he took me on as, as his apprentice as well, so I was in the academy, in his academy, which was at the back of the shop, which we learned um, cutting making of, of all, all sorts of garments and then in the front of the shop as an apprentice he would uh, he would deal with everything you know deal with customers prepare fittings and and uh, you know do uh, do coffee runs and uh, fix some light bulbs you know whatever you did as, a, as an apprentice but but that was probably the best experience I was able to get um, at that age uh, I believe I was like 22 um, 22 going on 23 it was the you know that 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 time when i when i started there and um, it was a great great foundation for me going forward to both have the academy which was a very you know um, as all academies are a very structured program where you get to learn proper tailoring with only a class of six to eight students um if you know the teachers walking around and because in the other school there was like 25 students and it was impossible to learn a craft as such as tailoring or any craft I think with 25 students definitely challenging with one professor it's not like you know learning math or anything you know science this is like hands-on so if you're doing something wrong and you don't get the right attention um, you won't know that you're doing something wrong or the way you're stitching if you're doing if you're stitching wrongly you know so 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 I had that academy experience and that apprenticeship, and then, and then a few years later, I ended up. I got married to my wife, who's from New York, and um, and we decided to. We got married in New York, and we decided to live in Singapore, where I, where I was a practicing rabbi and working for a local tailoring company. And then a few years later, oh, that was that was also a tremendous life experience. 
Um, and then uh, a few years later, which is going back now, three three years ago, August, we we moved decided to move back to New York and to start our own um, company. When I say our own, is my wife works for me. Um, oh, nice. We, we we're in it together, yeah. So so she helps with uh, she you know she does the, the bookkeeping and the and the orders and and you know the spine of the company and um, and uh, I'm more the artist that kind of thing so it's uh, it's we, we started around we moved around three years ago it took quite a while to, to start off about six months to put the studio together and to get you know things going to 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 you know to meet, make the connections with the with the fabric merchants and the, um, which I thank God I had um I had, I had met, I had happened to be in London as well that September um, for the Jewish holidays right after we moved to New York. So that's when I made the, I re, reconnected with, with, the, with some of the fabric merchants and mills in London, which, which connected me directly to their agents here in New York. And so that was a good start. And uh, I bought all my trimmings, stocked up on all my trimmings on that London trip. So I bought everything I needed, canvassing and everything I needed. And I came back in October and, uh, you know, the, the, meanwhile, the studio was, was getting ready. And in January, we, we started, we weren't, I wouldn't say we weren't, we weren't fully there yet, but, um, but the, some of the furniture was in, but some of the furniture was still yet to come. Like the couches were custom made in England and different things that I got from different places, different pieces. Um, but I had my small cutting table and I had a few clients that were waiting for me. And I just rolled right in it. And uh, two and a half years later, that's where we are today. That's a pretty amazing story. I mean, the fact yeah. you, you've been all over the place. You, you've been <laughs> so many different places, uh, so many different lines of work. You, you mentioned yeah. becoming a rabbi. Um, and then transitioning to, to being a tailor. So at this time, uh, just out of curiosity, are you still practicing as a rabbi? Well, I would say I'm always, once a rabbi, like once a doctor, you're always a doctor, but I guess Perfect. you can get rusty if you don't, if you don't practice it, but I'm always, I'm always practicing it. I mean, it's something, and then I would just go back to what the days that I was on Savile Row as well. And when I was apprenticing in London, I would also, even though I was full time as a tailor on the weekends, uh, on the Sabbath, uh, I would I would be like the freelance rabbi of of, of the West End of London. I, when a rabbi would go away, I would be the guy that they would call, and I would I would take over the services. And, and so I'm you know I'm always available. I'm always around, and uh, it's it's I yeah I would consider myself still a practicing rabbi. Nice. That's that's very it's very cool to hear. Definitely. Um have to tip our hats to you for being able to juggle both. I know you're a very busy man um, running your business. Uh, I happened to notice something on your website, though. I wanted to ask you about this. It says on your website, it's the ultimate bespoke experience. Um, just as a consumer, that, that really caught my eye. Can you speak to that? How is that the case and what makes you different from some other people that are out there? Sure. When I say the ultimate bespoke experience, it's for a few reasons. Um, one is, I mean, one is if you went to Savile Row, you would some not all tailors, but but quite a few. You would also get the ultimate bespoke experience for them, you know. Um, but being here in New York, 
Um, there are many, you know, there are many bespoke tailors, or but but most of them, I would say, are probably bespoke clothiers, or, or there are not too many bespoke tailors out there anymore. Um, it's a dying art, um, and there are probably less than a handful. Um, so what a bespoke experience really is, is, is you know, you, the client comes um, comes in and you sit down, you get to know the, the client, and you choose the fabric that he's that that works for him, for his figure, for his for his obviously with his style, um, and and for what the occasion is. You learn about the customer, you learn about his needs, about his hobbies, about what he likes, what he does, and um, take his measurements, and then you know. The fa- we order the fabric the exact amount for what we need for the for the customer. Um, the fabric arrives sometimes a few days, sometimes a week or two later, and then we cut the fabric here in the studio on the cutting table, um, and we prepare for a basted fitting. Now the basted fitting is like a construction; it's like a house with with scaffolding around holding it up it's it's put up it's it's prepared in a way that it could be dismantled the whole thing could be dismantled which is what happens after the fitting um so during the fitting the customer could see already the shape that he sees his fabric um and you, you see a little bit of the shape but you still can't really fully picture it because it's just the first fitting so you know then you know I take I take adjustments from there. You get to see the client's figuration because at the beginning, when you take the measurements, you take the measurements on a very two-dimensional way. You take his measurements, and um, so you could you could pick up on his figuration, meaning one shoulder is lower than the other, uh, his his hip could one could be higher than the other, his, his, if he's got a forward, you know, if if how his shoulders sit, how his how his body is. You can pick up different things, but at the first fitting is when you really understand the figuration because you see how this particular fabric drapes on the customer. When I say this particular fabric is because every fabric drapes differently on a person and, 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 and stretches differently and shrinks differently. So each each fabric has its own drape and its own life to it. Um, and as a benchmate tailor, as someone that's actually working with the iron, and you got to have those fittings to understand first how the client stands, how he, how he stands in his natural position, but also how the fabric reacts to that. And um, and then after the first fitting, we rip the whole thing apart and recut it to recut the pattern. Um, and so, Mr. Detail, there at the beginning is that once I take the person's measurements, I create a pattern from scratch. So I draft out a pattern on on the traditional old, you know, classic thick card card paper, and that pattern gets altered after the 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 base is fitting. And then we prepare for the second fitting. Um, and with the second fitting, when we're preparing from the first fitting to the second fitting, is when is when the lapels get padded, hand padded, and is when the when when you start attaching properly, you canvas the fabric to the actual can to the actual canvas, um, and that's when you know you start seeing the jacket come to form. And we're talking about a jacket here mostly is because you know the trousers have you know they obviously have they have its shape, and you 
working with the iron as well and you're stretching and you're shrinking but it's a jacket with all the canvassing that really takes its form and and, uh, and at the second fitting the client starts seeing the, the jacket come to life and um, if there's some tweaks from there then we adjust and we also adjust the pattern and then it moves in to the final fitting um, which which could be at its finishing stages or depending on how the second fit went we could do a third fitting and then a final but but usually we go straight to final and uh, so that's the process and that is the process of a true bespoke suit um, you know that the fabric and the suit is spoken for the client because again every fabric is different and they react differently to each to each body and, and when you when you when you actually uh, um, you know work with the iron and you shape it and you mold it that's that's a true bespoke um, suit yeah thank you for explaining that process it, and really breaking sure. it down so we can visualize exactly all what goes into it now after hearing this you know we're picturing this with our mind's eye we see this is a lot of work. It, obviously, we we realized you had to you had to go to school, you had to get training, be an apprentice to pick up on this. My question is, what drew you to it? Because obviously, you have a passion for it, but something at some point had to click for you to say, you know what, this is what I want to do with my life. Uh, what what was that? Was it something when you were younger, or as you as you grew older? Well. Like I said, originally, is that I always wanted to design. I've, I've come from a family of art. My grandfather was a portrait artist. Um, he would always paint these beautiful paintings of rabbis, of great rabbis. And um, he was always someone, uh, one of my biggest inspirations in my life. And and he would, always, he would be like a mentor to me. And especially also going through my early stages of my career, he was always there. And, um, and my grandmother was also very artistic. These are my grandparents that lived in London when I was growing up. Um, my grandfather's English, my grandmother's French. And um, they had a big influence on me. And then I think it's just, I don't know what it was. I, as a young age, I always liked to dress differently. And even though I can't come from a community of where, where there was like a uniform in a way, you know, we, we tend to wear black and white. Um, especially going through the through school and 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 uh, if you go on a, on a sabbath to, to the synagogue you'll find in my community everybody in black and white pretty much and um i always tend to i, I like to dress push the boundaries and dress a little differently and dress uh, on, on my own with my own style and and even from a young age of you know 12 11 12 i was i was already wanting to, to shop on my own and buy different things and um, but actual tailoring you know I didn't know that I wanted to do tailoring until I until I did the first tailoring course which um, which I realized that you know this is what I wanted to do I knew I wasn't doing it in the right place that's why I applied back to the, the academy and wanted to learn under a master tailor rather than in a school but I knew that this is I had the patience for it and I thought I had the eye for it, and I felt like I could do it. And um, that's that's when I, you know, that's when I went back to Savile Row, and I and I and uh, I made it happen. But it was only after I realized that, you know, because there are a lot of people that go through it and they realize, you know, could I stitch for six, 
12 hours a day? Probably not, you know? So you've got to be able to, to, to do it. If you can do it, then, then you know, then uh, I guess that's what I, that's, that's what I decided to, that's when I decided to do it. Makes a lot of sense. I'm glad you brought up the patience that it takes as well. You know, stitching for six, seven hours. Um, that's not for everybody. Definitely. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is right now, it seems to be a movement of a lot of people who are interested in men's fashion and a lot of different aspects and a lot of different ways. And they want to get involved in, in men's suiting or being a clothier in some shape or form, what advice would you give them? Um, what I liked about your story is you went to school and got the proper training for it. But what what advice would you give to somebody who's perhaps considering going into this field? Well, I would I would advise to 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 try to figure out try to figure out what it is that you like about the field. Well, to try to you know pinpoint what it is if it's. If it's dealing with fabrics, or if it's dealing with people and fabrics, so you know you could you could really kind of find your path. It's such a big field. It's such a you know. There's so much. There's the making part. There's the actual tailoring part. And there, all there is dealing with factories and just making beautiful clothes. And then there's the people. You know, some people are just great people's people. You know, they like to interact with people. So so they get a little confused. They think you know the making. I'll make suits and then but realize they, they really want to spend time as much time as possible with the people versus in the back of a, in a workshop you know so it's it's realizing what it is you're good at what it is you want to do and try to combine that and and and, and uh, focus and focus on that um, on that goal um, if you want to be a maker what uh, you know what type of maker you want to be a jacket maker you want to be a trouser maker or if you want to uh, um, you know start your own brand what do you want to what do you want to achieve from it what do you want to sell? who do you want to sell to like to pinpoint the exact um, area which is difficult which is challenging because you do have to have experiences in different different areas to really get to know what you want um, but that is the idea you have to have these experiences to 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 really get to focus and to to reach your goals I like that that's that's the way to do it. Immerse yourself in it, touch different aspects of it. And and you brought up some good points because there's different things you can do. You don't have to do everything. You could maybe just, like you said, working with the fabric and um, that that's a great opportunity as well. Some people don't realize that that's a whole career in itself. Mm-hmm. There are people that today that are writing just writing on menswear I mean if you love menswear and you love to write then that's your that's your connection right there you know or um, you know there's, there's, if you love photography and you love menswear then be a photographer be a photographer menswear I mean there's there's so many parts to it you know which I find myself as starting my own company as doing the, doing doing a lot of these different things together um, but it's always helpful to have the right people to do specific jobs you know which are good at it which have their backgrounds their own style their own backgrounds which which uh, you know it, it, it sends the message a lot you know a lot quicker and, and, and further when when someone um, you know knows what he's writing about or is a good writer or is a good photographer etc 
Perfect. Appreciate that too. Now, this will be my last question and and this will kind of help out those that are entrepreneurs because a lot of people listen to this show. They have an entrepreneur spirit and you've done it. You've stepped out on your own. You started your own brand. Obviously, that's not easy. What has been, you know, your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? And you can kind of tie in some advice for those that are listening. Well, starting your own starting your own company, there is there's always challenges. There is always uh, there is so many challenges that you know that come across at different times. Um, um, but you just gotta you just gotta stay focused and you gotta gotta move on. And, and again, look at the look at the goals and look at what you're what you're achieving. There are times that you say, hey, you know, you know, you, there's this there's challenges, and you're like, oh, you know, is this really what I wanted to do, or is this do I really need to do this? And you know, just get a nine to five job. You know, we have to worry about this. You know, but it it makes you even stronger. And it, 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 you know, once you've once you've overcome that challenge, it's even greater. And um, and yeah. So what I would say, I mean, I've had challenges again all throughout. Our biggest challenge right now is is how do we keep up with with the with the you know with the demand and. Um, that's our latest challenge, which is a fantastic challenge to have, but it's also a challenge. Um, we're having a good fair amount of orders coming in, and it's how to 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 deal with that, to have the people to, to help to work on it, to help um, um, to, to bring out the suits, to turn over the suits, and to continue to satisfy and, and satisfy the clients. And, um, you know, that, that, is, that is definitely probably our greatest challenge right now um but there's always you know over my two and a half years here as a a newbie um there's been yeah there's been all sorts of challenges along the way but uh, it it seems uh, it seems glamorous on the on the on the instagram and everything but uh, it is glamorous i mean it is it's it's a lot of fun it's like it's it's i love what i do i absolutely love what i do which helps it makes things easier um, but there's definitely challenges along the way, but you just gotta, you gotta keep focused. And, um, and, uh, I would say also a small detail is surround yourself with optimistic people, um, with people that also build things of their own, um, which for me, that, that, that has been a tremendous help because I get advice from, from, I've always surrounded myself with, with high achievers and, and people with, um, um, that have created and built things of their own, and, and, and for me, you know, to always have that that someone that that, that person to, to reach out to, and with that optimistic view and that that, that ability to guide you um, from his own experience and with his own challenges, I think that that is uh, uh, definitely an important part of anybody starting on their own. That was great advice. I appreciate that. You know, it it sometimes looks glamorous, but you're right. There's a lot of hard work involved, a lot of long nights and uh, surrounding yourself with good people. That was a really great tip because uh, we need positivity because there are ups and downs Uh, right now. Hey, the challenge you're facing with being busy is a great problem to have. (laughs) A lot of a lot of people would love to have that. There's got to be a reason for it. And that has to be the quality of your work, the level of your service. And for those that want to see this, experience it or just connect with you on another level. 
please let the audience know how they can follow you on social media, visit your website, and or get in contact with you to learn more about the experience of getting a garment made from you. Sure. Well, thank you so much for that. And um, they could could, um, go to our website, which is uh, tfrombrennyc.com. Um, we are, we're on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm at Instagram at Rabbi Taylor as my personal account. And then I also have my company account, which I'd like to separate the two, which is uh, T from Brent NYC, um, which at T from Brent NYC, where I'm on Tumblr, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm on all the different social media, um, you know, parts and um, if you're in the area, if you're in Brooklyn um, please stop by and uh, come pay us a visit and see what we do. Um, there's nothing like actually seeing and feeling um, so that's definitely something I'll be more than, more than happy to welcome anyone um, at our studio and to get a good feel of what we do. Appreciate that. Everybody please give them a follow. Check out the website. You'll be very impressed as I was. And Yasul, thank you so much for your time on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. It was such a great pleasure to be here. And I look forward to to, to seeing it coming out and to also follow you on your, on your Instagram and being motivated by you. Thank you, sir. All the best. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Don't forget, pick up our free book, How to Build Your Brand, by going to our website, thegentway.com, and also sign up for your free consultation. If you've never had coaching before, this is your opportunity to get on the phone with me. Let's go one-on-one. Let's build and facilitate a plan to take your business to the next level or just get it started. You can sign up for that by contacting me on thegentway.com or on Instagram at the life of a gent. And all that information will be in the show notes. Also, can't close out without saying a special, special thank you to our guest, Mr. Marcus Ogden and the Rabbi Taylor on Instagram. Give him a follow. If you're looking for a high class high quality I mean I can't use enough good words to describe the work that he does get in touch if you're in the New York area he's the guy to see and really appreciate his time and also the time of Mr. Marcus Ogden for motivating us and giving us that story about overcoming adversity so if you're having any challenges in your life you know you know what it's possible to overcome them. Just keep fighting and it can happen for you. As always, guys, thank you for your listening. Leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. And if you do that, we'll feature you on the show. Just drop us a line on our Instagram or through thegentway.com. Thanks to Dennis, as always, for joining as well. And we're off to Vegas to talk to a whole bunch of brands all about men's fashion, men's grooming, at the Magic Fashion Show Project Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. So catch us there. Watch our stories for more. And until next time, guys, take care.